When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Week six, almost in the books, and it's the same old, same old story. Injuries are an epidemic. I'm actually going to end this intro shortly because I'm scared that I'm going to get hurt myself. So let's just get into it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Monday Night Best Ball, where we recap all of the games from the previous week, except for the Monday Night Football game. We still have Cowboys. We have Chargers tonight. Usually it's myself and Eric Byme for today. Eric's feeling a little under the weather, so B-Kurt has decided to step in. What's going on, Bernie? Man, I'm just excited to be here. It's a great day to be alive. Resident of Michigan, the Lions have never been 5-1 and one in my life that I'm aware of. Oh. There you go. Time. All right. Well, that's fair. I was I was wondering where you were going with that. I'm like, well, maybe because you're not injured like everybody else yeah, that does anything NFL, <laughs> anything NFL related is. We're going to jump into it. Do you have any glaring takeaways from yesterday that you want to start off with? We can just jump into this right off the rip. Or do you want to just jump into game by game? Uh, my glaring takeaways. I'm still very excited. I drafted a lot of Miami Dolphins. Yeah, I mean, they seem to be the one competent offense in the league that's getting it done on a week-by-week basis. My one takeaway is a best ball and a DFS takeaway. I don't know if anyone does DFS. I was on the Sunday morning show for Roto-Grinders yesterday, and the one guy that I said to play yesterday was Drake London because I thought he was undervalued. He was like 48, 4,900 in DFS. I think people are still holding on to that goose egg from week one. And like, it's funny how that happens because I'm definitely guilty of it myself where we remember one specific performance from a player and we hold on to it, even though five, we have five weeks of data showing Mm -hmm. otherwise. And it's just like, yeah, I remember when he scored zero points or it could go the other way, right? Where somebody puts up a monster game it's like, yeah, but remember, he has 50-point upside. It's like, yeah, but, dude, he's not getting any work. He's getting three points a game right now. So my takeaway is Drake London is very good at football, no matter who his quarterback is. I'm not really worried if it's Ritter. I'm not worried if it's Heineke. I think they're probably the same player at quarterback, those two guys. So, Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's much of a difference or that it matters. But London's got there a couple weeks now. Pitts has now got there two weeks in a row. Janu's getting there. Like, I know it's not pretty, but, like, if you're playing DFS, Atlanta pass catchers, if they're underpriced, not a bad option. Yeah, and we were worried about this offense. Let's just jump into this game. Let's just start talking about Falcons, Commanders from yesterday, since we're already kind of into it. We have, speaking of priors, obviously we know the Falcons like to run the ball, but they've been putting up points to to your point 
they they're just out there. They're scoring. They're getting guys there every single week, whether it is Drake London, Kyle Pitts the last two weeks. Bijan feels like he's still waiting for that one breakout game to come. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's going to – I think he's going to get it this year. I'm not exactly sure when that's going to hit. But, um, yeah, so I think that's good. And then on the other side of the ball, Terry McLaurin finally got a huge target share yesterday, and it felt great. So hopefully that continues. <laughs> That's well, my takeaway. We might have to comment on the center in the chat line that just don't watch the Atlanta games if you play them. Yeah, so there's there are teams like don't this. Do it. It was this is the Jameis. I guess you watched the Jameis ones just because of the roller coaster that you went on with Jameis Winston a few years back when he would throw either a touchdown to his receiver or to the defense. But yeah, the Atlanta games are ugly. Trying to trying to follow those games is ugly. If I had any balls yesterday, Bernie, I would have made all the money <laughs> because I loved Drake London as a one-off and I loved Kyle Pitts as a one-off. And if I had just combined those powers and played them with Desmond Ritter, uh, who Eric for, as much as I like to give him, was on to. So, uh, yeah. My other takeaway from this game is – what the hell has happened to Jahan Dotson? Did he offend Sam Howell? Did he park in Ron Rivera's parking spot? Like, what's going on? One target, no catches? For yeah, Jahan well, Dotson. I believe that one target, if I recall co- correctly, was a touchdown that he just dropped. Ooh. So it was very heartbreaking to see. I'm pretty sure that's what happened with Dotson. Do you have a best ball takeaway from this game? Luckily, no injuries from this one. I mean, my biggest takeaway is just like I probably have too much of the pass catchers, but like Terry got there again. So it's like hard to have a super hard takeaway. Howell got there again. I think Terry's going to continue to get there. I think the interesting thing with these two teams is going to be when we start getting to playoff best ball, right? Mm -hmm. Like, because I feel like these are the teams that are going to be circling that back end. And are these teams that we're going to want to start grabbing pieces from when we still can at really cheap prices if we think they might make the playoffs or might bubble? So they're going to be two of those teams where we're really like, dude, are these guys we're taking? Are these guys we're not taking? So that's going to be an interesting one. Let's go to Ravens-Titans because are the Ravens getting enough shit? Like, it feels like they are not getting <laughs> – like, I feel like people are still treating them with kid gloves, and we've given them six weeks now, and we haven't seen the offense that we want to see, have we? It looks just like last year's offense every time I watch them. And they were supposed to be so much better, and they're just, like, running Gus Edwards first and 10 into the middle of the line for 2.5 yards every yeah. single first down. And Lamar ends up being their leading rusher again yesterday. None of the receivers other than Zay Flowers look like they have anything. Aguilar actually looks like he has yeah. more than than Bateman. Bateman drops that pass yesterday, doesn't get another target in the game. I don't know, dude. I had a lot of Bateman bags. I, I think that if I lose money, so I'm going to say this. If I lose money this year in best ball, it is going to be directly correlated to the Baltimore Ravens, I believe. My J.K. Dobbins bags were huge. Yeah. My Bateman bags were huge. 
right? Which means that my Lamar bags got up there. And I am worried that I'm going to be poor because of the Baltimore Ravens. And I'm going to stop letting them off the hook. They get one more week. I don't know. I don't know who they play next week. I haven't looked ahead yet to see if they're one of these 18 teams that are on by next week or no, what. They but, get they get the five and one roaring Detroit Lions in Baltimore. Okay, but that's great. So that's a game that they should figure out a way to put points up on this. And if they can't do it here, when are they going to do it? Right. So now, um, do you have a lot of like likely in Beckham on your portfolio or is it pretty much consolidated towards the better players (laughs) towards the better players? (laughs) I don't have a lot of Andrews is what I'll say, which I'm still okay with just based on the Mm -hmm. way I was drafting teams. I barely drafted Beckham. I have some likely, which, you know, is what it is. What about you? Where are you going? What are you looking at with these Ravens? I have just a pretty even 8 to 10% on all of them besides Beckham, where I'm like four, and that's just like backdoor stacking Lamar if they got locked out of the good pass catchers, which, I mean, I was counting Bateman as a good pass catcher, so that he's maybe 12 to 14% on the higher end of it because mm-hmm. he's going so cheap for a while, but that feels terrible right now. Yeah, yeah, well, he felt great. he felt like the the tear break at wide receiver. It felt mm-hmm. like once you got to Bateman, if you didn't take him, you should be waiting at wide receiver. And he might have just been after the tear break. We might have needed to establish yeah. that he wasn't as good. So I think maybe that's something that we can look at for next year. I don't know if we can fully get away from tear breaks. I think tears are still the way to do it. But maybe we don't determine the eighth round as a giant cliff at wide receiver, perhaps. Yeah, like just some arbitrary number. I was actually thinking about that based on a Discord conversation today is like how when we get not stuck, but when we form our frame of opinion on these different teams, on these different players, and we think about a player's range of outcomes. Well, we had Rashad Bateman with, oh man, he can't really fail again unless he gets hurt. If he's out there, he's first round talent. It's the third year in the league. He's going to get in these routes. Now Aguilar smoke him in routes run. Mm-hmm. Was him being terrible in his range of outcomes uninjured? Not in my mind, because I was thinking he was in that tier break. So I probably need to have a little bit wider range of outcomes, a little bit less confidence in my ability to predict the future. Yeah, to an extent. And I was actually having a private conversation with Hacker, not specifically on this particular team or, you know, but like same vein of thought process and how we can develop things to allow us to not have this continue to happen in the future. So we're working on some stuff for next year possibly but i think i think another screaming example of that is adam thielen right Mm -hmm. so we were all out on adam thielen i don't know one person that was in on this adam thielen and there's multiple reasons and i understand the reasons his age right terrible um the offense was going to be bad he's moving from one team to the next this is all stuff that usually goes bad. And we can point to examples this year of that not working out for other players. Mm -hmm. I think the one thing that we should have been looking at when this move was made was the contract. I think that's the one thing that we should have took into a little more consideration. And I'm not even saying that you should have been drafting at the field 
with Thielen. I'm not going to try to, you know, yeah. play that hindsight situation. What I think you should have done is maybe sprinkled him in a little bit. And I and I'm looking at this from my own perspective, right? Because yeah. I didn't draft Thielen at all. So I think looking at that contract, that should have been one of the factors I used to determine, like, all right, I don't like Thielen because he's 108 years old. He's moving from Minnesota over to Carolina, who clearly didn't want him. And perhaps I should have sprinkled a little bit of him in. And in the chat, Cobra Kai is saying you could have made the same argument for Miles Sanders. And I agree. And but that's yeah. the point, right? This is the point. So I still would have never been overweight. But if this is a guy that I'm okay with sprinkling in occasionally, then because of that reason, then perhaps we do it. We're going to lose some for sure, right? But maybe making that part of the thought process going forward. The reason why I probably wouldn't have is still I just didn't want anything to do with this Carolina offense, to be completely honest. So I'm fine with it. But I'm just looking at ways to maybe consider it in the future. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's really funny that this is your example you brought up because you were talking about a different player. This is the player that brought this, you know, range of outcome conversation to me. It was Adam Thielen, so it completely makes sense. Mm-hmm. I think we were probably pretty similar on this Carolina offense. Very little Thielen, mostly auto drafts, to be completely yeah. honest. So, like, thank you, auto drafter. <laughs> Chuba is the only guy that I have any, like anything over market or even near market at. And I have like 20 something percent just because the way I draft my portfolio is lots of running backs, very little cost associated. Yeah. Yeah. And and Vadim brings up a good point in the chat. He says he's still comfortable losing fading guys like Thielen and getting and betting on guys like Bateman. I agree. I'm not saying that we should be reevaluating our complete process. I think it's more about why is our brain shut off to this player and Mm -hmm. really making sure that we want to be completely shut off to this player because, you know, I'm going to take my stands. I'm going to have 0% some guys. I'm going to have 20 to 30% certain guys. I'm completely fine with that. But I think the Thielen case, and you would have, there's no one that would have expected the runoff that he's having. So anyone that was like, I thought Thielen was going to be what he's doing, you know, they're a liar. They're just yeah, a flat show me liar. your 75% Thielen bags if you thought he was doing this. Because if you thought he was doing this to your point, you'd have 75, you'd have a hundred percent. Yeah. You would have just grabbed him around early every single time. Right. So I think that is something that I want to look at in the future. Um, let's continue in this game and let's talk about the Miami Dolphins. And uh they're just they're just so good. Is there anything else to say other than they're good? Other than we all had a heart attack when Tyreek Hill got injured, quote unquote, and went <laughs> to the back and everyone well, collectively sighed. It's like Tyreek Hill has cramps. And then like every time I hear a player goes to the locker room for cramps, I'm like worried if it's the craps instead now. Yeah. Based on, you know, recent history. But like the Miami Dolphins, you just plug them and play them at this point. I'm you seeing people win all sorts of different DFS or like weekly draft contests, just double stacking dolphins, double stacking dolphins in the week. It didn't get there, which was against Buffalo. Oh, well, if you do it seven times so far this year, you made money six or seven weeks. Unstoppable. The one thing that's concerning to me is Waddle just doesn't seem to fit or look right right now. 
He's getting targets. He got targets last week. Why isn't Waddle exploding? I don't know. Yeah, I would like to see a little bit more out of him. I wanted to play Waddle yesterday Mm -hmm. uh, as my Dolphin one-off because I wasn't doing two of stacks. And it's crazy because he was still $7,600 on DraftKings. Like he was still too expensive to get there. So I, unfortunately I had to play Mostert. Look, I'm still broke. I didn't win any money yesterday, but I think to your point, not only double stacking dolphins, but onslaughting dolphins. Mm -hmm. And we were all high on the dolphins offense to begin with. And I think that the dolphins are going to be a team that we can really deconstruct in the off season, whether they win you all the money or not in the playoffs, they're going to get you. A lot of these Dolphins are going to get you to the playoffs to begin with. So I think there's a big deconstruction point on this team and on teams that we think have immense upside like this. We were too low too low on Tua, for sure. And I think we even talked about this in the offseason, where when we're this high on Waddle and this high on Tyreek Hill, being this low on Tua doesn't make any justifiable sense right so i think that's something that we can leverage in the future and i think we get so caught up with stacking the quarterback and not getting his running Mm -hmm. back right that deciding to onslaught an offense like we would in dfs occasionally is something we can decide to do more in best ball i'm not saying nobody's doing it i'm not saying i'm not doing it but I think we can actually, I think it's a point of emphasis that we can make to be like, the Dolphins are a team that I'm comfortable onslaughting. I want some Tua, Tyreek, you know, well, I'll even say Smythe. Like if you thought, if we yeah. were punting late round tight end, Smythe, Mostert, Achan, something like that. Getting four or five Dolphins going forward, getting four or five Eagles going forward. A little bit harder to do with that team because of where they yeah. were getting drafted. But if you like those teams, just going with a full onslaught. Where I made that mistake was with the Chiefs. We won't get too much into that because I was onslaughting the, I mean, just going nuts with the passing game for that team. It led me off of Pacheco. I'm like not heartbroken over it. I don't think Pacheco is like a huge win or loss, but I would want him on some teams mm-hmm. more so than I do. And I could have put him on these Mahomes teams. So I think it's for me a learning point with the Dolphins this year. Anything yeah. to add? Well, you definitely have enough Chiefs Mahomes teams that you could have had more Pacheco in your life if you wanted. Um, right, right. <laughs> it's just a choice at some point. So the interesting thing, actually, when I think about the Dolphins and then looking at my portfolio, is I didn't take Tua without Hill or Waddle hardly ever. I think that is a miss because I really liked Tua. I liked his p- other players, obviously, very invested in them. Mm-hmm. and is it the worst thing if you have two uh one of the running backs i was taking a chan with him quite a bit as a pass catching back but if you just ended up with two a chan and Smythe, now Smythe's probably a dud most weeks but like that should have been something that's within our tools instead of just going i don't have hill i don't have waddle i'm passing on Tua around after adp mm-hmm. like i was doing that Probably shouldn't have been. That's a big flaw. Yeah, I, I think we, me and Eric have talked about this a few times. I agree. I think I think it was a flaw not trying to find ways to get unique with Tua and grab him with some of the running backs. 
trying to we take so many stabs at backup running backs too. Like mm-hmm. in the beginning of the offseason, there was Kyron, there was Zach Evans, there was Chase Brown, Travion Williams, and we were fine. Like being like, well, we'll just dart throw these these RBs on these teams. Why are we so concerned with dart throwing the third wide receiver on explosive offenses sometimes? Mm-hmm. Right? Should have had more Quez Watkins. I know he's out on IR, but I like to give up the, the bad examples too. But I also yeah. should have had more Alamo, um, Zacchaeus as well for mm-hmm. the Philadelphia Eagles. I understand that they const- their targets are concentrated to the two wide receivers. But just like Miami, other guys are still going to get involved occasionally, and they're free. So I think exactly. these are the ways that we could – you could have had the cheapest Miami stacks ever. You could have gone with Tua, A-Chan, Smythe, Braxton Berrios, if you really wanted to. Yeah, like you got a very good beating market advance rate if you just have two and Berrios stacks right now. Like those right. teams are exceeding. Mm-hmm. So I think I think these are things that we need to the Tua thing for sure, for sure is something that I need to consider when we see like unique opportunities like that in the future. So mm-hmm. I think that's a very good one to bring up. All right, let's talk about vikings bears really fast because i want we're going to start hitting on some of these injuries Um, man what a mess yeah i don't really know where to begin or end these teams are hit by injuries hard let's just start with the justin fields one he's going to miss next week it sounds like they've already basically said he's not playing next week the running backs was a disaster everyone's going to tell you that Dante Foreman got the lion's share of the carries. A lot of those came after Justin Fields was hurt, by the way. So if you really want to look at game script stuff, Foreman didn't get the majority of his carries until the quarterback was injured. And they were probably just trying to break in that, you know, young rookie quarterback. I think it all adds up for Roshan to be gigantic if he's able to come back next week. That would be about the only Chicago Bear I'd be interested in in next week if I was creating a lineup. Well, I still think I'd like DJ more just in terms of, I think they're still going to push the ball to him. And DJ Moore didn't actually get his production until Justin Fields got hurt yeah. in this past week to, to go to that point. So I still would be comfortable with DJ Moore. I think you can one-off bears next week, but I think it's going to be okay for your portfolio in terms of your Roshan exposure your commit exposure. These are players that a young quarterback likes to just check the ball down to right away, right? You're running back, mm-hmm. your tight end, and they're going to draw up plays for DJ Moore. They're going to find a way to get the ball in his hands, whether it's wide receiver screens or stuff. I'm not saying that they're going to go nuts and put up 40, but I don't love it overall. Yeah. And it's, it sucks, but this is, this is the NFL right now. We have quarterbacks going down. We have every position going down. Well, let's hit and- on. Good. I was going to say on the other side of the game for the Minnesota Vikings, like Addison didn't get a huge bump. You have Madison basically dusting Acres, even though the game before it looked like Acres might be working into a timeshare. There's not a whole lot to love over there on the Minnesota side. Is there any guys that you're into? Well, we talk about that Minnesota backfield. And then if you look at the usage yesterday, Madison got the 
healthy majority of the work. Mm-hmm. And all I keep hearing this offseason, and I don't disagree with it, but sometimes it doesn't matter. All we kept hearing was how bad of a pick Madison was, right? How bad Kyron <laughs> Williams is at football. And if they're in a decent enough offense that's going to produce, it doesn't matter. It's why Joe Mixon still gets drafted in, in on teams. Joe Mixon sucks. He's getting usage. I think that's starting to slip. But if they're getting the usage, it doesn't matter. And Kyron looks fine. I mean, he's injured too. Yeah. So I mean, injured. But I just think that we overcommit to some of this stuff, especially when they're not, when their value is fine. We were getting sixth, seventh round Madison for the majority of the, of the summer. And if you look in that range of players, I don't love them, but just being balanced with Madison feels like it would have been a fine play. Uh, I, I, I get your point on Madison. I just, I'm still not buying it. I wish I would just take a different position than take him, even in the sixth or seventh round. It's just the way that you win with Madison is just going to be pure volume, and it's so risky that a week ago if we had this conversation, I would have probably told you I thought Akers was going to come 50-50. I still think Akers can go 50-50. Mm-hmm. A guy without talent like Madison, which God bless his soul, he's one of the you know top talented running backs in the world. But when we're comparing him to Eckler and then like he just not worth the six round pick to me. I'd rather take Rasheed Rice, one of these wide receivers that could just explode. I know that's way early for Rasheed Rice, but like that type of player that has that upside where I just don't think Madison has it. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. I think the point that I like to make on guys like this is sometimes you need 10 to 12 point guys. You just do on your teams. Not yeah. every, You're not looking for, this isn't a DFS contest until the end, right? That's when it's a DFS contest when you're trying to project the highest owner, the highest week 17. That's the one week that it's a DFS contest. Everything else you're just trying to get through, right? Week, well, I guess, yeah. I guess the entire yeah. playoffs. You, you can say that. But to get through, sometimes you just need a guy that's getting you a consistent 8 to 12 points. It sucks. It's not sexy. It's awful. And you can say that maybe it's too high to be looking for guys like that, and I'll totally understand that point. But he is going to get you points. It's just not going to be fun. You want to talk about <laughs> picking a guy and not watching? Alexander Madison is not fun to watch. But he's going to be there chugging along, getting points. He's going to get a lot of the goal line stuff as well. I don't think Cam Akers is going to overtake him, and I think he's still going to be the guy that they're comfortable with in the backfield. They're just not a good team either is the other thing. Let's continue to talk about some of these injuries. And I don't want the hate comments about like that I love Alexander Madison because I don't. (laughs) But I just just hoping on air, it's fine. I just think it's fine. I just like, it's just one of those guys. Like, I don't think you need to be, you have a, have to have a strong lean either way. Let's talk about this 49ers Browns game. We have found the 49ers kryptonite. They lost to the bears (laughs) in bad weather last year. They lost to the Browns this year in bad weather. It seems like this is just not a bad weather football team for whatever reason. Obviously it's probably coincidence. But not only do they lose to the Cleveland Browns without their starting quarterback, they lose CMC to an oblique injury. I haven't seen a timetable on that just yet. 
I might have missed something. And they lost Debo this game too. I think he's going yeah. to be fine, but I'm not a hundred percent on that yet. So I don't know, dude. There's a lot to talk about in this game, and it's all mostly injury related. And the other thing to talk about is Kareem Hunt. So I don't know how long we want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about Kareem Hunt at all. Uh, let's, still, let's talk about the 49ers. <laughs> the other one that got hurt was Trent Williams. Yeah, he Trent should Williams play next hurt. week. But like that's three of what the top 45 offensive players in the league yeah. that got hurt for them. Like, no sh- kidding, they're going to be pretty bad that game. The weather didn't help. You're right. They got beat by Fields last year in the first game of the week. Um, I'm really just curious your thoughts on looking at Jordan Mason or Elijah Mitchell this week. I don't think CMC plays. Uh, he has an MRI today. No word yet. So I didn't draft a lot of Elijah Mitchell in the offseason because I just didn't – because I just felt like I wanted to stick with CMC. And it had nothing to do with Jordan Mason. But if you start reading the tea leaves on this team, I believe it was Daigle that I heard talking about this. Sorry if I'm wrong. But when they were blowing out teams in the fourth quarter and they were bringing in backup running backs, they weren't bringing in Mason because they thought he was too valuable to be out on the field in, in, in that time frame. So mm-hmm. I think that reads as they like Mason. Could be 50-50. And I don't know if anyone draft. What do you think the Jordan Mason ownership is in like best ball mania or the DK? I- it's got to so be. Underdog tweeted what it was earlier today. If somebody can oh, find they? that and let us know in the chat line, that'd be great. Um, it's it's very low. Mm-hmm. I know Hacker was on Jordan Mason, but mostly I think I saw him taking him on drafters for the contingent yep. value. Uh, I have a little bit of Jordan Mason mixed in, maybe 1% or 2%. I'd probably say I'm higher than the field. I would think it's you were higher super than the low. field. I I believe so as well. Let's get into this Rams Cardinals game. Talk about some more injuries because their entire backfield got injured. Kyron goes down. Doesn't look serious, but he is missing next week. Yep. Um, We are down to Zach because Ronnie Rivers is hurt as well. That one might be a little more serious. Yeah, he's out next week for sure, they said. Yeah, he's definitely out. So we're looking at Zach Evans next week, hopefully. I had oh, I had a can, big. Can I sell you on some Royce Freeman? No, because I have some Zach <laughs> Evans bags. I have no Royce Freeman bags. The Zach Evans truthers just needed you know one running back to get traded and two to get injured so their bags can come through this week. <laughs> so, and this is the theme, right? Like the injuries, and I, the other thing I want to talk about with this game in terms of best ball is. This Cooper Cup injury that he came back from, God, I wish I got in on some of the dip of Cooper Cup. I think a lot of my teams were drafted, though, when the when the dip actually came. I didn't have a lot of teams left to draft was part of the problem. Mm-hmm. So I was never going to get that Cooper Cup dip. But with the few shots I had at it, I didn't take it. And... I think I'm okay with it. I know it's because I don't want to be results oriented on this. Right. And something wasn't adding up to me at the time. 
he went out. What did they? They were they were saying it was a hamstring injury. Yeah, but then he's flying to Minnesota to get his nerve checked out with his hamstring. Yeah, and that's why I wasn't taking him because I'm like, it's not just a hamstring injury. It's something else. And we've learned that they think it might be that chronic fatigue syndrome or or something mm -hmm. like that. We haven't heard an official report on that. And because I don't like being results-oriented, I think if we're not getting full information from a team, they put them on IR and they're fly he's flying out to specialist halfway across the country. I think I'm okay with that result, actually, that I wasn't drafting Cooper Cup. It's clearly going to be the wrong thing this year, right? And yeah. if you got you got that discount on Cooper Cup, good for you. It looks like you're you're gonna be, you know, packing your bags to get some of these teams to lift up your boards. But I think as a general principle, I'm okay with fading that guy. Does that make sense? It does. I think it's a little bit draft room and site specific because I definitely, when this all came out drafters, I just kind of stopped taking them. Just didn't make sense for the format with the risk and everything like that. I think yeah. underdog, I only saw a little bit of stuff around that. I didn't have any teams I was drafting that time of the year on underdog. It felt like he was still going pretty high. Mm -hmm. Draft Kings got freaking wild though. I do have a team with, fifth round Cooper cup from that. Okay. Time and at like that point, I think like, even though you're like, I didn't really take it. Like if you saw a fifth round Cooper cup, I'm pretty sure you're running to the bank, smashing that keyboard. Right. Yeah. That's a good point. That's fair. Cause I was done with DraftKings, So I didn't see yeah. the Cooper cup so stuff. All about that price. And like, it was getting wonky on there. People were worried about Kelsey and cup the same time period. So I was just playing, I was doing a lot of volume and I was just playing like how, cause I already had a ton of Cooper cup. How far can I push it? If he got in the fourth or fifth to me, I just took him. So that's fair. That's fair. Because like you said, on underdog, I think I saw him slipping into the second round. That's it, It's just like at that point, it's like, yeah, there's some really good Cooper Cup teams out there right now because of it. There's not many because of how late it was in the draft. It's not like we're contesting against the entire field getting second round mm -hmm. Cooper Cup when we only got, you know, overall pick four Cooper cup. So I, I think I'm okay with it. The, the DraftKings thing, maybe if I had known that I would have fired a few more DraftKings teams, maybe like three mm -hmm. more just to, just to take advantage of something like that. So I think to your point, checking across the board on what's going out on with it is probably what makes sense going yeah. forward. Is there any other games we want to hit on? Because, God, there's so many injuries. I kind of want to look ahead to next week. We have the Baker Mayfield injury from yesterday. I think that's going to really affect the Mike Evans stuff going forward. Mm -hmm. Dude, uh, the injuries. I, just so bad. So the last one I think we really should talk about is the David Montgomery Lions. Oh, yeah. yeah so let's just that game because that's Bucks lions So, yeah. If I'm getting ready for this week, Bucks Lion coming off the Bucks and Lions game, mm -hmm. I don't know if Gibbs plays, and they're probably going to give Reynolds 75, 90% of the running back touches if Gibbs is out. Gibbs didn't even get a limited practice in last week. All right. So this is good for our Monra bags, then, right? Because they might just be looking oh, yeah. at a lot of short passes to try to break a Monra into some space or something like that. Yeah. And Laporta as well. And we already said that they had a fun game next week. They're playing the Baltimore Ravens. 
Mm-hmm. So hopefully we get some semblance of a shootout in that game. We get some passing attack stuff mm-hmm. going on there. But let's lead that right into week seven. We have teams on by like crazy next week. And then you compound that with some of these injuries. These leaderboards are going to start your your drafts. Oh, yeah. We're going to start seeing heavy, heavy fluctuation going forward in these best ball drafts. And I am personally excited for it. Are you excited? Are you scared? Do you think that this is the time? I mean, we're going to be halfway <laughs> done after next year, too. I mean, after next week as well. Yeah. So I absolutely love chaos. I love logging into Discord and seeing people freak out about their bags. I finally checked my best ball bags yesterday for the first time in two or three weeks. I'm just kind of hands off. I got a, I got a good idea of like who I'm heavily invested in. The Anthony Richardson stuff's hurting me. You yeah. know, I don't like to freak out about these types of things. I love the chaos. Let's have it happen. Maybe a couple more quarterbacks go down. But like I took a peek at next week's main slate earlier today just to see what was on it because I'm going to be able to do some battle royales and dog bowls this week. Mm-hmm. And it is disgusting, the 1 o'clock and 4 o'clock games with the backup quarterbacks, the teams that are terrible playing each other. Next week's going to be gross and everyone's going to be worried and freaking out. And we have six teams on by. We have the Panthers, Bengals, Cowboys, Texans, Jets, and Titans all on by. Compound that with the injuries. You know what's going to be really fun next week, more so than the regular best ball contest? My personal favorite contest that Underdog launched this past year that I hope that they continue doing into the future. You might be thinking I'm thinking about weekly winners, but I'm not. I'm thinking about the Eliminator contest because boy, oh boy. Are they oh, going to yeah. be quite interesting next well, week? I haven't even thought about the Eliminators because I don't have one, but it's like I really enjoyed the thought of that contest and whatnot. But you have yeah. people going two quarterbacks usually in those, probably some three QB teams. Mm-hmm. Six teams on by, all these quarterbacks hurt. Like you're going to yep. be rolling out half your pod might not have quarterbacks. Yeah, so that happened in one of my pods this week. I kind of... I've been kind of eyeballing the eliminators a little bit more just because it's a new format and I kind of want to see what's working and what's not working in that format. And there was somebody in one of them, one of my pods, because I drafted four of the $50 ones. I did one of the little eliminators. As of right now, I still have two of the $50 ones live and my little eliminator is still live. So I'm pretty happy with that. And it looks like I'm going to advance all three of those this week. We'll see what happens after tonight's game, just to confirm. Mm-hmm. But one of the people had Anthony Richardson. And God, who else did they have that was out this week at quarterback? Point being is, they're already dead. We have teams that are just going into these brackets that are just dead because they don't have a quarterback. I saw people with four running backs that were out. Now you're going to add in six teams on by next week with all of these injuries. These eliminators are going to get real interesting seeing what actually people can get through. People were worried about losing A-chan. I don't think it's that big of a deal if he's the only guy you're missing somehow in that stack of running backs when another guy might be missing four. So, And people are probably like, oh, man, I'm I'm going to win this whole thing. I got Kyron Williams. Now they're toast if yeah. they were counting on him every week now. Yeah, I mean, or whatever. Kyron's been anchoring my mastiff team 
for the most part. Like he's been that I've been fortunate. I don't know if you remember watching yeah. the massive videos. Yeah. Kyron was a was a point of contention for me at the end. Do I take Kyron? Do I take another wide receiver? And I I landed on Kyron and thank God because that is helping me propel myself through this Mastiff one. So you start putting here that guy in an eliminator format where he was helping you get through with some of your high-end wide receivers or something like yeah. that, or just push some of these running backs that you weren't getting production from. Man, oh, man, it's it's going to be interesting, and I will want to check in on that. I don't know if, like you said, you don't have any eliminators. I want to know how everyone else that did some of these eliminators are enjoying that contest. It's my favorite. I just, I like, I like the, um, the risk every week, I guess. Like you're, it makes you want to check too. Yeah. It gives you that weekly sweat, which is, you know, a lot of the fun thing about best ball. And like right now I'm like holding off, not looking weeks because there's no really super reason for me to look at DraftKings right now. They don't have a contest like that. Yeah. But if I had eliminator teams, I'd look every week. Now I haven't looked at my weekly winners yet this week. I'm just holding out hope that I'm sitting in first place. Probably yeah. not, but like it's just like the Powerball. Until you look, you're still live. <laughs> still live. I if there was one format that I probably bungled this entire offseason, it was weekly winners, and I'll be completely honest, I didn't go into that with a winning thought process because I didn't go into it with like any thought process. Mm-hmm. And if I want to play that tournament next year, I need, and I didn't do many, I did 10 teams, right? Like I didn't, I didn't smash weekly winners this year, but for me, it's going to have to be something that I think about a lot more going into next year. And I like it. I love different formats. That I love mm-hmm. that underdogs releasing different formats. So I just need to see if weekly winners is for me or isn't for me. And if it is, I need to do a better job preparing myself for it. Cause I look at some of my weekly winners teams and I'm like, what were you even thinking drafting this? What was the <laughs> thought process? And I think part of it's being, it released, I don't know what end of June, July, something like that, somewhere in that way. Uh, yeah. Right around there. And I'm just it- trying to get myself into draft mode for three different sites around then like i'm mm-hmm. trying to have my my DraftKings takes my underdog takes my drafters takes and then we start throwing weekly winners in and it just it jumbles it your breaks mindset your brain for yeah because sure. it's not the same you should not be drafting weekly winners teams in my opinion the way that you're constructing best ball teams by any no, means completely different and so i drafted all of mine the first weekend of weekly winners so mm-hmm. I had some initial takes, saw some Eric's takes and some other people's takes, but it's like before Sacrilegious's article came out and some of this other stuff that was really good content on our site that mm-hmm. I look at my process and I'm like, there's probably a reason why I'm not super live any of these weeks. Did I have yeah. some good initial theory? Yeah, but they're mostly Justin Fields or Daniel Jones teams. So like they're pretty dead. And if it was a snapshot tournament, that would have been perfect, right? Because you're attacking a new format. You have a strategy that you're rolling with. The problem was this was over the course of like two or three months. And weekly winners, more so than any of these best ball contests, I'm just off the cuff thinking this, are probably better to draft right before the season goes yeah. goes off like i think your After team's third preseason more game you get those kyra news you get the other guys that you can really hammer in there like kendrick Bourne. yeah yeah perfect time at the end 
Yeah, I think that's the way to start to think about weekly winners. But I could be wrong. I could change my mind next year. Bernie, do you have anything else for the people before we start to get out of here? We have a fun, fun Monday night football game tonight. That's all I have left is I want to see Kellen Moore's revenge on Mike McCarthy. Well, I want to see Tony Pollard's revenge on Mike McCarthy and him to actually do something this game. <laughs> That'd be nice. That'd be really <laughs> Score nice. Score some goddamn fantasy points because God, do my best ball. You don't check your best ball teams. I check my best ball teams every day. I look for fun teams to to kind of sweat and maybe share at some point. And a lot of them, including my Mastiff team, the team I sweat the most, has Tony Pollard. And we need Tony Pollard to uh just give me 15 tonight, Tony. Just 15. I'm not even asking for a lot, right? That's completely reasonable. I mean, if you said, what should Tony Pollard get against the Chargers? 15's like the low. That's the floor against this Chargers <laughs> defense. Now, they do have Derwin James last night, back tonight. But, like, that's not much. All right. And the opposite of you, Carlos in the chat checks his best ball teams after every play. So... <laughs> Touche, Carlos. Touche. Yeah, I th- I think that we should get a big Tony Pollard game, if not tonight, one type yeah. of deal, right? We were playing one of the worst run defenses in the league. Uh, they should be able to attack. Hopefully, we get some Tony Pollard stuff going. Hopefully, it's a fun game. Hopefully, it's a high scoring game. Yeah, I will be oh. uh, watching with no volume, so I need something to break my attention over here. Yeah, even if you're not in Tony Pollard, there's other fun things to look out for tonight. Like Quentin Johnson, does he break out? It looks like Josh Palmer might not be playing. We've been recording since they've been doing inactives. But if yep. Josh Palmer's out, like QJ skies up. Like what's going on? How many targets is he getting tonight? Is it a breakout party? Well, QJ is getting – there's a lot going on there. So if Palmer doesn't play, which like you said, I haven't been able to see the inactives yet. But it's also the post – bi-week rookie thing Mm -hmm. where now that they had the week to actually get him on board even if palmer's playing we might see more quentin johnston so all eyes are kind of on quentin johnston tonight to see what goes on with that i have a i do have a decent amount of johnston uh for contingent value and i don't know if that's gonna come out to gonna come to fruition but we will see tonight i am excited for monday night football for myself for bernie we will catch you. Well, I will catch you tomorrow, probably with Eric Byron for maybe with Bernie. Nobody knows how sick we'll Eric see. is. Hopefully he's dying. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I am kidding. All right. Bye. Ooh, those were some spicy takes. Want to stay up to date with all of the other spicy takes we're going to have over here at Spike Week? Why don't you press that subscribe button below? You turn notifications on, we draft a team, boom, you know about it. We have another spicy take, boom, you know about it. You can be there. You can draft with us. You want to stay up to date? That's how you do it. All right, we'll catch you later next time here at Spike Week.